Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Feral Latchkey Kid Podcast. My name is Allison Allwine. I will be your supercalifragilisticexpialidocious host today on this unhinged, unsupervised, and completely unmedicated romp through my ADD-addled brain. If you haven't guessed by the very long word I just said, this week's episode is Disney-related. Holler! That's right. I have brought on my very charming former cast member, friend, and guest. You can put this together. I can't say much more than that because Disney's very secretive like that. But James is here to help me break down some of the most underrated and beloved Disney musicals of all time from the big screen to the stage. Stick with us. It's going to be really, really fun. Welcome, welcome. It's me, Alice Mallwine. You're listening to the Feral Lashkey Kid Podcast. This week, I'm so excited. We have a friend of mine from college who is a very charming former cast member, if you can put that little nugget together and figure out what that Easter egg means. It's my friend, James Coons. He probably knows more about Disney than almost anyone that I know. And yes, that is a challenge. If you think you know more, <laughs> you can go right on ahead and DM Feral Lashkey Kid on Instagram and have a throwdown. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I know. He's like, my favorite thing. Yeah. He's like, this I can get down with. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to dive right in. Yes. Because there's so much to cover. So, like I said, we met in college. You then went off. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was 100 years, years ago. years ago. Okay. We don't yeah. need to say numbers. <laughs> we don't have to say numbers. James, you can keep that under your hat. And... I went off to work on cruise ships, and you similarly went off to work in entertainment as well. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I went to Disney, did my wonderful auditions, and they initially wanted me for cruise ships, and I was a big hell no to that. Meanwhile, I'm sailing um, the seven seas, like <laughs> living my best life, like a fucking pirate. Will not be on a boat. Um, and so then I started working at Disneyland, and then from there, just traveled the world and spent two years in Tokyo, and then I helped them opened Shanghai and then came back here and did some more and now I'm sitting in your living room to talk all about my wonderful adventures. And that's it. And that's it. That's That's the whole rigmarole. (laughs) So we wanted to kind of cover Disney in all its greatness, but there's just so much to cover. I know. It's like, I mean, how long is this career, right? He started in the twenties and we're still still doing Disney now. We're still Still doing Disney now. Um, so we're going to cover, to start, the seven eras of Disney cartoons. So the eras break down as such. We have we have the Golden Age, which was 1937 to 1942. Then we have the Wartime Era, 1943 to 1949. We move into the Silver Age, 1950 to 1959, which is one of my favorites. We'll get there. And then the Bronze Age, 1970 to 1988, or what some might refer to as the flop era for Disney. Then we have the era of our childhoods, the Disney Renaissance, 1989 to 1999. And then we have the post-Renaissance era, 2000 to 2009. And then we have our current era, which is considered the revival era, so 2010 to present. Let's jump right. We would have nothing if it weren't for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And really, I I think we really need to give a nod to Pinocchio because it gave us When You Wish Upon a Star, which is what he used to leverage the studio at one point, just to cover the golden age 
films include Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which won, I think, four Oscars, but they gave him seven yeah, little, little ones. ones. Yeah, they gave him the little ones for the dwarves. Which was super yeah. cute. Pinocchio, which gave us When You Wish Upon a Star, which we're going to come back to. Fantasia, which for a classical music dork like me who grew up playing the violin, obsessed. You know you have a Scorpio child when her favorite song is Night on Bald Mountain, where the devil calls his demons in. <laughs> then you have Dumbo, racist, but it gave us the song Baby Mine, beautiful. And Bambi, which I had to be removed from the theater because I was screaming so loud. This is probably like my least favorite era, though. It's just honestly so boring. Like these remember, movies, though, <laughs> I know so it's different the, back then. It's also, a different different time, but we these are very boring. Movies. Color cartoon film that was the big deal with, with, with Snow, Snow White. White. Yeah, and like the history and like what this set the studio up for, obviously, is you know still going today. But right. sitting even as an adult sitting through these movies is still quite challenging. Yeah, because you only get, oh yeah, I forgot, I have my um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs picture record up on the wall there. I mean, it had plenty of songs and it. it has enough music to cover two sides of an album. Mm -hmm. Pinocchio, okay, so Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, a little slow moving, right? They're I do all just, remember they're them. all so dark too. Like they're if you actually dark. like rewatch them, like they're so dark. And so it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at them and like see the movies that we have now and how like upbeat and positive. And then you look at these and you're like, well, we oh, were still in the so Great dark. Depression when yeah, I mean, it's Some definitely like, like America is reflective of the time. Of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. But do you remember the, I don't know if it's still like this anymore. I think they changed it. The old Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs ride at Disneyland. Well, they had Fucking to add, horrifying. they had to add, uh, what's it called? Like Scary Adventures, right? Is the name of it. Like Snow White yeah, Scary, Scary Adventures. Adventures. So that kids knew, it was parents scary. knew that it was scary, that there's a frightening element to it. Because when it originally opened, they didn't have that. And the kids were leaving like terrified. They'll talk about ride. it on some therapist's couch. So, right, like, my mom made me ride this when the park opened. Um, you peed me in my pantsies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it fucking ends with, like, the witch falling off the mountain. And I was like, oh, God. I do remember as a child being a little, like, ugh. Well, I mean, and then in Pinocchio, what, they're getting turned into donkeys and, what a fucking and all of those fever things. Dream. Yeah. If that was not a parable of you better fucking toe the line Mine and do what your parents say or you're, be, yeah. or you're gonna have to get turned into a little so a lot of them ass. yeah had like those lessons built into them kind of in an extreme way for a Scare child tactics. Yes, yeah, for, yeah. For a child. we were a different world back then you can still get your <laughs> ass beat by your school principal like it was a different time again fantasia beautiful i know you not a fan. i mean i love sorcerer mickey that is adorable you know he's one of my favorite mickeys but besides that the rest of that movie i could but can could you do it though i can, can appreciate you... it okay i can 100 percent appreciate it but i please don't ever make me actually sit through it i will not torment you like that, <laughs> that unless want. you do something really evil to me then i'll clockwork you march your eyes open and make you watch tie it. me down uh but you have to acknowledge the animation in that is stunning oh, like, I mean, in, in all of it when you look gorgeous. back and you know the advancements they made in for animation with all of these computers films. and stuff and yeah, yeah so um and to sit and like watch how these kinds of films are made and going frame cell by frame by, by frame, cell, frame, cell, frame cell, by, cell, I mean cell. layer by layer I have a lot of uh for those of you that don't know um my I say parents I am not their they are not my biological parents I am the bonus child in their family Wayne Allwin and Rissa Taylor for the voices of Mickey and Minnie and I have a couple of cells of animation in the house and when you look at them it just it's ridiculous it's so many layers to make one picture and a piece that's going to move has to be in a specific order and it has to be late i mean this was really like 
and then it was revolutionary when yeah. they were making those films. It was like I super mean, revolutionary how they were doing it. And now hours, you look at it in the hours. The power, the literal artistry of it. That's the part that kind of breaks my heart. So much of that is lost. And yes, the computers can do cool things. I think the first time they really went all out with computers was Beauty and the Beast, the ballroom dance scene. They use computers to generate the entire ballroom and make it move. And um, well, while that was still beautiful, you know things that I, know. I do know some things. <laughs> while it was still beautiful, I just feel like there is a truly artistic beauty to current animation that is a little lost, but we come back around to it as we come full circle into this new era. And then Bambi is the last one in this series, which I mean, literally, I was scream crying. I had to be removed from the theater as a kid when I saw it. I mean, I probably haven't seen Bambi in so long. The majority of these movies I have not seen in so long, except for Snow White, because I had to watch it when I worked at the resorts. Um, <laughs> had to watch research. it, did you, did you hear that? Had to watch it. But, so yeah, I mean, I can't really, like, I mean, what a sad, depressing story. I mean, like, you lose your mom right at the beginning. And, I mean, most of these, most Disney movies, you know, there's always a loss of a parent somewhere in the, in the storyline, but well, for it to be a kid's movie. Yeah. Oof. It's interesting because though this is called the golden age, uh, they were not financially terribly successful at this time. And Dumbo was actually originally supposed to be a short film, but Walt decided to make it into a full length feature because he was trying to recover losses that they suffered as a studio from doing Fantasia, which was a huge undertaking, both with the artwork and with the orchestra. It, it was just a huge, huge period. And like you said earlier, a lot of darkness and uh, themes that are just a little heavy, I guess you could say. So we, we leave that era and we jump into the wartime era, which I feel like most We can people... probably skip this era because no one's going to even know most of these movies. I, I don't I, even I'm gonna know I'm going to beg to differ. Someone. I'm going to glance. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna breeze through it because if you are like me, so I'm 40, almost four. I grew up, <laughs> shut up. I grew up watching the Disney Channel a lot in the mornings and in the early, early hours when my mother would drag me out of bed and throw me onto the couch with some oatmeal while she got ready, <laughs> they would show a lot of stuff from the wartime era or like the silly shorts and stuff like that that would play. The shorts films. I know a little bit more right. of or have seen more of those. The movies, not as much. But some of this you will recognize. So, um, Saludos Amigos, maybe not, but no. you do recognize the Three Caballeros. I recognize it. I've never actually seen it. It's part of the Tiki Room. In the Tiki 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 Tiki, tiki, tiki Room. room. Um, then you have Make My Music, which I vaguely recall. Um, you have Melody Time. Mm, these are like the musical shorts. Okay, yeah, I like know do. the names. This one I do know though. Fun and Fancy Free, and let me tell you why. Fun and Fancy Free was a collection of a couple different cartoons smushed together. One of those is Mickey and the Beanstalk. And it's super cute. Everybody remembers, like, I think it's Donald or Goofy cutting the, no, it's Mickey, I think, cutting the bean, like, paper, tissue paper thin for them all to share. Zero memory. Uh, okay, well, one of my favorite Disney songs is from this film. And it's the golden harp that's held captive in the Giant's Tower. And she sings a song called My Favorite Dream. And good luck finding, it's on YouTube. In Are you my gonna get favorite dream. All the world is so delightful. Yeah, it's really pretty. And then the one that I know everybody's gonna recognize because we're coming up on spooky ookie season. Ichabod, Ichabod This one Rain. I do know. That one I've seen numerous times. And Sleepy Hollow. That one you see it every, every, every Halloween, Halloween season. It's great. Um, Walt did a lot 
of stuff during World War II. Um, they had really small budgets, though, and they lost a lot of animators going off the war. And they would package a lot of stuff together. So that's what I mean, this and he did a lot was. during this time frame, too, for making tapes, like making cartoons to, sh to show to the American people about the war effort um, yes. during this time frame. So that was a lot of the studio's focus. It wasn't necessarily about pumping out movies. It was more about like supporting America, supporting America you know, digging into a little bit of that propaganda machine yeah, that pumped out during the yeah, war. Yeah, I'm looking um, at a whole slew of yeah. these, um, you know, Uncle Sam, American Need You, Mickey Says, you know, Come Make It Happen, <laughs> Remember Pearl Harbor with Mickey in a war uniform. And this is my favorite, though, is there's a picture here of the United States Treasury War Finance Committee bond, and it's got all these classic Disney characters around it. I would kill somebody for one of those. I would actually cold blood and something <laughs> um, Now we have, honestly, the most beautiful era of Disney films. We start to ramp it up as far as keeping the children awake. This is the Silver Age. It includes Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. I mean, this this whole era Ooh, is what an fucking era. packed, packed. Big budget, full length. The animation, though, can we just talk about this animation? I'm going to flip my whole computer around. I need you to see this gorgeous. See, this isn't fair. See, she has notes in front of her, and I have nothing. See, that's you how fair that this situation is. beautiful, beautiful <laughs> brain. Like, stunning, stunning. Actually, one of my favorite films is Sleeping Beauty. And I think because it's just so gorgeous. This is when they have the big fairy tale book that would This is when the books would open at the beginning. Uh, I mean, my favorite is um, 101 Dalmatians. It's one of, like, hands down, one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. And I also love Sword of the Stone. I do identify with her. <laughs> so covered in fur. Um, <laughs> and Sword of the Stone. Kill the puppies. And I love Sword of the Stone. Aww. I love Mad Madam Mim. Mad Madam Mim is love, the business. I love Sword of the Stone. It is just such a good movie. I gotta be honest. Um, I, I mean, you, could, you honestly, just looking at the eight films that are in this era, like, there's not a bad one. I mean, if I was going to put a bad one in there, it would be Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a fever dream. But the rest of them were just, I can actually sit through them. <laughs> well, this is interesting because the article that I read regarding this, it says these films have an otherworldly feel and make even common day settings look magical. And I think that's a perfect way to sum it up. I mean, well, I mean, you can just look at the parks and see that like the, you know, this, all of your fantasy lands are based on yes. this group of movies. That's true because the park opened in '55. It which opened was before Sleeping Beauty, so like smack in the middle in of the middle this of era is when he was conceptualizing building, and building and opening and the opening, park. Yeah, and so that's why he did Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland because it was an advertisement for Sleeping Beauty because the movie was actually not out yet by the time the park had opened. So oh, genius. He originally did that, which you see a lot in the parks now. The parks kind of lost that feel for a bit, where they were actually just. I mean, they really are just an advertisement for the movie. Sure. Um, but it actually did all start from the very beginning as an advertisement for Sleeping Beauty. And that's why that particular castle is at that park and not a different one. Um, also, this is the last era of films that Walt personally worked was on. Part of. Walt passed away with The Jungle Book being the last film that he personally worked on. The Bronze Age. This is when it starts to get... A little, a little dodgy little again, thing. but I have some personal favorites. Oh, in this there's era. Some, some of my other favorites are in this era. Too. So, uh, 1970 to 1988, 
for those of you keeping score at home, I was born in 80, uh, sorry, 78. So this takes place for 10 years of my life. Aristocats, Robin Hood. I love Robin Hood. I How can you not? Love, 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 love Robin Hood. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Yeah. Um, Winnie the Pooh, so cute. The Rescuers. Yes. Love. All day, every day. Fox and the Hound. I have the record of it. Again, scream crying had to be removed from the theater. Yeah, I, have, I love that movie, but I definitely have to be in the mood for it's, that movie. Yes. Yeah. Because you'll be a whole I'll waterworks moment at the end. Then we have the black cloud that will forever hang over <laughs> the Disney studios. My pops worked on this one. It nearly bankrupted them. It was a Tim Burton cartoon. The Black Cauldron. Fucking flop era, flop, flop, <laughs> dead, flop murder it, it's over. Actually, my dad was the voice of the pig in that, and he worked on other like sound editing stuff. Did he keep that one on his resume? Uh, no, that was a quietly passed <laughs> amongst <laughs> friends and family <laughs> one. Yeah, it's um, it is, it is just so. Bad. I honestly have only seen it once, and there's no need to ever see it again. I mean, I even think. when you look at the poster, look at all the others, and then this is just literally a sea of black. It looks like red. almost like um. Like you would, you would think that like Fox had put that out, like when Fox is doing their animation. Yeah, it's it gross. looks like a Fox animation. <laughs> but they followed that up with one of my um, unsung favorites. Not enough people talk about how great this movie is. The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Oliver and Company, but yes, The Great Mouse Detective is amazing. Oliver and Company is good too. Yeah, Ratigan. Ratigan. Fun fact: Dad was one of the um, weasel guys as well, or rats, I guess. That one stays on his resume. That one says, yeah, he actually won an award for that, uh, for sound editing stuff. And then Oliver and Company, come on, Billy fucking Joel, Billy Joel as Dodger. But if you remove the music from that movie, it's crap. Get out of my house. No, I'm just kidding. You have to, you have to like, if you remove it from the movie, the movie itself is not good. It's horrible animation. It's not the best story. The music is what makes that movie. It's the only good thing about that. Mm, you know what Ain't I'll that say? Correct. Uh, here's where I think they, they messed up. The stakes are not high enough for the little thieving animals, right? I know that they love their little keeper, whatever his name is, I can't remember, on the docks that, like, he has a debt boat to some big gangster guy. It just, it was, it, I mean, even as a kid, I was like, I could, li I could let that guy go. We don't need him. Yeah, there dogs wasn't are enough, like, high stakes. You're just kind of watching and you're like, mm, okay, whatever happens, happens. But I mean, a little... Orange kitty? I don't like cats, so oh, it really doesn't God. do anything for me. Dodger, come on. Dodger the dog. Again, I would like to go back to Billy Joel. This fucking bop is one that I put in my book, and whenever somebody's like, bring me a Billy Joel song, I'm like, technically a Billy Joel song, but also not, because he didn't write the music, but he sings the shit out of it. Why should I worry? Why is that should of New York? I care? Is that no, it's called Why Should I Worry? Because Streets, is Streets of New York in there too, right? That's the other song in there? Um, I don't know. There's another one with Bette Midler where she talks about being perfect. Perfect isn't easy, I want to say. Uh, she's the like poodle, the, the like yeah. prize-winning poodle. So great. Streets of New York, I think, is in too, yeah. So this is the Bronze Era. It's got some really good ish in it. The, oh, oh, interesting. Okay, during this time, the shift from hand ink films to the use of xerography. So it saved a little time. So here we're starting to branch into new technologies, not so much hand doing. Uh, saves time and money, allowing animators to directly print their drawings onto cells. However, the process did have its limits, and initially only black lines were possible using this method. 
So as a result, the films during this era are known as scratchy films because of the heavy black lines in their animation. That's what you're referencing. Oh, I bet you that's what's sticking out in your mind. Okay. Well, here's Funny some era. of the, oh, you know what? Here's some of the pictures of it. You guys, I'm going to link this article in the liner notes so you can go look at it. But, oh, yeah. You, oh, it is really dark. It's really dark. The lines for the island of Manhattan are like really, really heavy. <laughs> but this era gave birth to a section that we are going to spend so much time on. So I'm going to take a break because this is where we're going to go down the fucking <laughs> rabbit hole of nostalgia, you guys. Saddle up. We're coming to the Renaissance. sick little fucks couldn't get enough and you'd wait around to hear about all the good shit okay the renaissance era y'all the little mermaid the rescuers down under beauty and the beast aladdin if you didn't have a sexual awakening to aladdin i don't want to know you the lion king pocahontas one of the greatest scores ever in disney music the Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's a fucking sin that it was never properly mounted as a Broadway musical. Don't get me started. Hercules, which is finally coming to the stage as a live action Broadway musical, long overdue. Mulan and Tarzan. Okay, Phil Collins didn't have to go that hard, but he oh, said, but he did, let me give it did. to you. Bend over. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Okay. I mean, this is start? our like, this is. This isn't your childhood because you're past childhood at this point, but this is my childhood. Um, um, first of all, <laughs> Little Mermaid came out when I was like in junior high. So, yeah, junior yeah, high, I it's definitely, out of childhood. It's still childhood. I definitely was still doing the part out of your world out of the pool, building my hair, thinking I was a mermaid. For sure, for sure. I, I mean, mean, this just gave the company everything it needed. I mean, like from here on out, the company just really took off in every complete aspect, right? This is ABC started during this time frame, right? Like everything, the parks really picked up in this time frame. Like everything this really This was the kinda... era of Eisner as well. Yes, yes. A controversial yes, figure. It was. A controversial figure, yes, it was. not a well-liked um, man, but when it comes to breathing new life into a studio that was kind of dying, I'm not gonna lie. That yeah, and then, you know, and then tanking around. it at the end, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But. Because you know, his focus was, you can see where his focus was, because the movies were phenomenal, and he put so much weight behind the movies. Right. But then everything else in the company itself was falling apart. Suffered for um, it, yeah. And, you know, he's also the one that did straight to video. This is, you know, this is still the VHS era. So this right. is, you know, the sequels would come out. white uh, ones. Yeah, with, it'd be yeah. straight to VHS, which, you know, Walt would be turning in his grave because, one, he didn't believe in sequels. Right. It was just about, you know, doing the movie and being done with it um, because everything should be in that film that you need. And so and Eisner was, all Eisner was like, no, nope, I'm going to bring in the money. So that's when you start seeing, you know, your Cinderella 2 and 3 and God, I wonder what Walt things. would have thought about streaming. So, well, well, I mean, like, what was all about innovation? innovation yeah. So I think with streaming, he'd be totally fine with. It was more about the sequels, the sequels and, you know. Yeah. Well, this era, I, I mean, yes, Eisner did a lot for it, but really we owe the biggest nod to Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, who gave us most of this music, save for um, Tarzan, Hunchback, was Stephen Schwartz, was it not? Schwartz. You can tell. It's, yeah, you know what's so funny? So was... Uh, Pocahontas. Pocahontas, yes. It's so funny because when I first saw Wicked, actually you were asking, I have a signed Wicked poster here. He's like, where'd you get that? At the show. And I saw it before we even had a soundtrack out for it. Yeah, I saw like the OG cast. And as soon as One Short Day came on in Act 2, I was like, 
this man writes for Disney Parks. Oh, sorry. That's right. Because the closer of Act One is Defying Gravity, which happens after they meet the wizard. Yes, yes, yes. But as soon as it's uh, Wizomania, I was like, you can tell that Schwartz. I mean, I think even in the opening of that show for Wicked, you can tell that it's clearly like if you didn't know who wrote that music for Wicked, you would know that it was him. Um, yeah. And same thing with like Pocahontas and Hunchback. Like you hear that score and you're like, oh, this is that is Steven, Steven Schwartz. Schwartz. And even though he clearly has a style that marks those films, each of those films I feel are so different musically. And this show, so, you know, you can hear nods to his trademark sound, but each item still, I think, perfectly stands on its own. It's beautiful, like sickening. But if you weren't, you know, scream singing, friend like me or something from one of these i mean friend everybody like me. wanted to be the muse yeah oh from toy like story me. huh from toy story oh from friend aladdin, like me, from aladdin. Oh, that's right well we're not my talking brain, about pixar no. in this, this heat y'all it is still really hot <laughs> my brain is not 100 percent functioning um i put it yeah, as we close are not talking to the about hd <laughs> as i could but it's just not enough um so Beauty and the Beast is, again, that's when they first started using the computers to do these big well, background moments. Well, that dance moments. scene is the um, same one from Sleeping Beauty, right? So oh, they pasted that with over. With the Yeah, and they do that a lot with the frames. You'll see it because they also did it in, they took Jungle Book when he's going through the forest and it's the same one as, um, oh my gosh, what is it? They use it in when he's, when he's, they use it again in. Oh. Um, but they do that a lot in animation where they'll reuse a lot of the same cells and just, you know, change out the characters because it saves them a lot of time and money Genius. doing that. Genius. This era, I mean... I mean, yeah, then you have Elton John doing Lion King. Like, Come you also on. brought in a lot of bigger names to do your music and to right. really kind of revitalize the company. We're going to we're gonna come back and talk just songs and characters and stuff, but the post-Renaissance era, I feel like... Some hits and misses. I think it's a pretty equal mix of hits and misses, 2000 to 2009. This era in, it includes Fantasia 2000, so we already know how you feel about it. Honestly, I don't feel like we need to redo that one. Whatever. Dinosaur, which I never saw. And frankly, if you're going to do a dinosaur movie, we don't need that. We have the land before time. Shut it down. No. That's it. We're good. Um, the Emperor's New Groove, which I know is a, a kind of... It is so great. Like the, yeah, and I, th I think that is what a lot of these movies are in general in this era, are cult favorite movies. Yeah. With Emperor's New Groove. And we have like Yzma. I mean, like you can't get a much better villain than that. Right. Um, and honestly, I know that, I think it kind of fell through because not a lot of people, David, people like to kind of hate David Spade. Yeah. But he's the perfect emperor. The perfect, that perfect snarky, voice for that. Yes. snide kind yes. of torpy yeah like it's perfect it's perfect there are several in this era where you can tell i was grown and i was no longer watching disney movies because i'm gonna name them and Lies. i'm gonna tell you She's i lying. didn't see she them watched... dinosaur <laughs> she still watches them. never saw emperor's new groove i've seen atlantis the lost empire never saw lilo and stitch nope tried to watch it couldn't stand stitch turn it off such a shame such a shame such we'll a see. great movie he also like translates so well to the parks you have to admit when you go to the parks and you see him you get happy I he's say... so cute in the park I will say, um, one of my favorite rides, it's gone now, they used to have at Disney World, and it was, um, I don't know what they turned it into, but basically there's a big tube in the middle. It's a scary ride. It's fun. Oh, it was Alien Encounter. Yes! And they changed it to a to Lilo and Stitch, because it was like Lilo, or Stitch came to like take over instead of this creepy, like full-on alien thing that was in there. I'm going to tell you right now, fuck that Lilo and Stitch ride. That alien one was, was fucking epic, dope. Epic. It was one of those Obviously, 4D. it doesn't fit the brand. 
at all. I didn't at even all. care. It was totally Y'all. like a universal type attraction. Yeah, but. it's this big tube in the middle that's supposed to have an alien in it, and we're an audience that gets to see this alien, and then it's a full sensory experience. Your seats rumble. There's like it's air like that breathing shoots down on, your on neck. you. There's yes, water that was. squirts like at your face when it like kills a scientist. Just, it breaks out of its tube, and like you see these flashes of it walking. Around. It's fucking awesome. I'm so sad that ride is gone. Leave the scary shit for the rest. If we can have the Wicked Witch falling off of the fucking Snow White scary adventures, you give me back. But I think that attraction was, if I remember correctly, I haven't been in a minute there. Was at the Magic Kingdom, mm. so it, like if it had been in Hollywood Studios, sure. it would have been in a much better place. But with it being at Magic Kingdom, it didn't really make sense to the environment that is. Because I think it was yeah. in Tomorrowland, is where they I had it. I want to say that's right. Um, and it just like I, just I understand like, where you're going, like aliens, whatever. But like it just that whole park is supposed to be magical. It was not on fun. brand. It was not on brand yeah. at all. And it was another one of those Eisner things that had been brought up. Oh, so. I fucking loved it though. Honestly, when Jeff Bezos gives me half of his fortune, I'm buying that ride and I'm putting it in my house. Um, I, just, somebody let Jeff Bezos know, by the way. Then we have Treasure Planet. Never saw it, but it always looked that. cool. I've it looks great, and a lot it. of people do that. And I think Atlantis, they do a lot of like cosplay and like the people. Those are two like really like cult films. And those two films in particular, very similar animation, animation style stars. versus. When you look at all of these different films, each one of them in this era, it's like somebody completely different was at the helm. None of them share a style, save for Treasure Planet and And, Atlantis, kind of. And you can see the technology switch here, too. So they start leaning a little bit more into computer animation. Absolutely, because you have um, that kind of smoothed over, almost like a Pixar look, almost. Um, without being. So, Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, which I've heard is oh, great, but I've never seen. So good. It has I've such it's amazing, such amazing music in it as well. Okay. It's just so well done. For I'm going to have to check that. Probably the best one out of this era. Yeah. So, we also have Home on the Range, which you said was Trash. A- Pure <laughs> trash. Pure trash. Roseanne did a voice in it. She's like the main character in it, so that's just saying that. Oh. Just pure mm-hmm. trash. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Chicken Little, which was cute, but I could take it or leave it. It didn't need to be a full length, no. I didn't think. It could have been something on Disney Channel, yeah. and we would have been fine. Um, one of my favorites, Meet the Robinsons. I love Meet the Robinsons. I have a big head and little no. arms. And the singing frogs, the like Frank Sinatra Mafia frogs. I'm fucking here for it. It's just it. such a great story as well. It's, it's so, just so cute. This is such an underrated Disney movie. And that so many people don't know about or have never seen it, and I'm like, it's the one, like, if you have Disney Plus, like, take the time, watch this it's movie. So it's so cute. So cute. You know what? I th- And then the last one in this grouping is Bolt, which was really cute as well. It's the dog that's kind of a lassie dog, and he thinks his life is real, and then he goes out in the real world. Yeah. He wanders off set one day, and then he realizes he has no superpowers and stuff, and he's got to try to find his way home. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit. Buzz Lightyear Toy home. Story. That, and a uh, Truman Story, mm-hmm. and a... Uh, the Milo goes home on, you know what I mean? Oh, the dog. Oh. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. There we go. So I think the thing that is interesting, which kind of hurt this era of films, is I think this is when Pixar started up. It is. And, and the, it the really company drew a huge... shifted its focus kind of more to Pixar. Even though, like, Pixar wasn't what it is owned now. by the Walt Disney Company at this point, because it was still just a, like, distributor for Pixar films. It the sucked focus a lot of their audiences still, away. Yeah, and the, and the focus was more there. Um, and so these films kind of just got pushed to the back burner and were just kind of made so the studio had something to present. 
Yeah, um, this uh, this article says, what really defines this period of time is Disney Studios trying to find a new method of storytelling, much like that of Pixar's. So not as much box office success here. And this era also suffered from major, major, major young adult blockbuster shit. This was all the Harry Potter era. This was, if you're a dork like me, Lord of the Rings era, which by the way, Power of the Rings on Amazon Prime is so, so good. good. So, so good. good. Um, go watch that. But D Dinosaur was their first attempt at CGI animation. You'll notice the word attempt being used here. It just, it, I mean, kudos to that because it got them into more CGI stuff, which is kind of the era that we're in now, which is great. I'm glad that that helped them. But this era just, it, it struggled because there was so much shit that was so much cooler competing for it. the yeah. The company had kind of lost its voice. And this is, because yeah. this goes through what year again? This was through 2009. So yeah, this is like the ending of, you know, the Eisner reign. Mm -hmm. um, and it really starts to show that the company had kind of was starting to lose its voice. So initially when Eisner took over, it was him. It was, two, it was him and um, one other person. Well, I can't think. His name also escapes me. Um, and so... Oh, this was before. So, no, this was when Roy was coming back to the company was, as well. Was, yes, trying to oust Eisner. But the problem with Eisner was that, like, so when he Roy originally started with the company and took over, it was him and another guy. So it went back to the days of when Walt um, and his brother were running the company because one was more creative and was Eisner was full business. And so then. Katzenberg. Is that who it was? I'm going to have to, like, Google this while I'm sitting here. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's, this was Katzenberg. And so um, then I, he passed away. And so when that happened, oh, that's when it. Eisner really kind of fell off the wagon because he didn't have that creative person to kind of direct him. It was oh, all yeah. just about money. I think Katzenberg um, comes in after Eisner, right? And then it was Iger, who is the sweetest man in the world. Um, I said, go through this super slow. Um, No, Katzenberg worked with him. Let's see the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> wow, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Um, but so this is definitely the end of his like reign, right? Yeah. So this is when he really starts to lose it, and that's when Roy kind of steps in and is like, does Let's the whole shareholder thing. <laughs> yeah. So then we get where we are now, which is the revival era, 2010 to present. This is uh, this is where I think they the full circle that I was talking about. This is where they have finally come back to that artistry in their backgrounds, specifically for these films, and integrating successfully, in my opinion computer animation into it so that it doesn't just look like a computer shop them out, but like some, there, there's a, a human touch to the artistry of these films. So you get Big Hero 6, which I is so cute. I love Big Hero 6. I With the fist bump and he goes, la 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 I love Big Hero 6. I was in Japan when this when that one came out. So oh. it was like really cool to like watch it there. Cause was that stupid, crazy big? There? It was, it was. Um, not as big as I anticipated it to be. Oh. Um, because they love Disney original stuff there a lot. Yeah. Um, but it was a big movie, but all of us like fell in love with it. Absolutely loved, 
love it's loves just so sweet i mean that big marshmallow puff puff guy that can deflate i can't <laughs> then we have who actually like deflates the parts like his costume actually <gasps> can like deflate it is like so it can actually like happen if you see him out oh it can actually like Oh. It's not meant to. It's oh. not like meant to do that. I was like, that. that's no. the cutest fucking no, thing. No, like, oh. so it's really You're cute like, no, when you bad. see it. It's, it's like, bad. yeah, it's a bad thing when it happens, but it's like really cute for an audience member. She's like, oh, his battery's low. <laughs> and the person on the inside's like, ugh, hell. <laughs> They're like, I'm dying. <laughs> we have the big one, Frozen. Ugh. Oh, he hit the shutter, the eye roll. Come on, you gotta admit when the, like, did you see it in uh, 3D? No, that would make me sick. Oh, when the like fractals. I also never want to see. I saw that movie twice, and that was fourteen. I mean, the music I though, fine. Just... It's cute. You don't like it, Olaf? I love Olaf. I mean, he annoyed the shit out of me for most of the movie, but then sure. when he's like, I would melt you. I was like, and you're like, oh, okay, that's I'm not super that. cute. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, just like I'm not a fan of. I think Adina Menzel is great, um, in some aspects. <laughs> I that's um, not the but I chosen yeah, this, but I'm like she's. Thing. I can't say shit. An 18-year-old character in this, like, the voice to me just did not match up. She sounded way too mature. And all I can hear, Adina has one of those really distinct voices. And so all I could hear that entire movie was Adina himself. Yeah. Um, like, same thing, you know, like, when She's Beyonce did, like, voice right. Nala in The Lion King, I was like, all you hear is Beyonce. So I'm like, uh, it's very yeah. hard when you have a distinct voice like that that everyone knows to do animation into voice characters yeah it has to fit just right like yes tom hanks has a very distinct voice but it works in toy story fun fact his brother actually does his woody vo's now oh look at that yeah so <laughs> if there's like a toy or something it's probably his brother that's the same like adina doesn't do any of the like show stuff like park stuff or anything because like, they also something. don't want to pay her to do that yeah but she's oh i don't remember her name um she lives here in la because she auditioned i used to work for work with michael donovan casting and so she would come in and she's like yeah anytime like you actually hear the voice in the park it's me singing all those things or on this like it's her that does it all well damn yeah i'm like that's an easy gig because that's clearly not going anywhere anywhere, anytime soon anywhere then we have groundbreaking actually i just recently did um, Disney night performance for Broadway at the Bourbon Room. Shout out to Marissa oh. and the whole Broadway at the Bourbon Room team. Thank you, thank you. And um, TJ Wilkins, who is amazing. I, honestly, everybody in that show fucking slayed it. It was so, so packed full of talent. So I literally looked around the room. I was like, why am I here? Like, what? And I sang like this very sentimental, sappy song. Uh, medley of two songs that were favorites of my parents of Wayne and Mercy. Um, TJ Wilkins brought to the table the first, and I love the way he said this. He said, I'm going to sing a song from the Princess Frog, the Princess and the Frog, which, and this is what I loved, the first time Disney decided to do the story of a black princess. And I love that choice of words because they could have made any princess black at any point in time. And it took them this long, but they did it. And we need more of them. We're branching out. But the Princess and the Frog, um, Tiana, he sang almost there and slayed that shit. This is also the last one that they actually did hand drawings for. Really? Yeah. That's why it looks the way that... That's why it, if you actually watch the movie, really pay attention. Because it actually looks like a lot of the older original yes. films. And it it's, looks... They actually hand drew a chunk of this film. 
and use computer animation, and but that's why it looks so beautiful. That's why. Um, so they really wanted to do that when they made this film. They really wanted to harken back to the original princess films, and they do. And so they use a lot of the original stuff that they did in those films. And it's stunning. I can't get enough. I mean, just beautiful. Another one that is beautiful for its backgrounds. Tangled is in this group. The lantern scene, which we're looking at a photo of now, is still from uh, when she and Finn are singing to each other in, or Flynn, Flynn rather, uh, are singing to each other in the boat with all the lanterns going up. I see the light. Uh, also, um, send the word out. Everybody that knows me knows that Chris Evans is on the husband list. <laughs> Zachary Levi is right there. I think he's got a girlfriend right now, so yeah, I'm gonna bump him to the bottom. If that all falls through, then somebody get him on the phone, let him know. They, any of these men are welcome to come visit me at my home. I don't like to go out. So that she lives at yeah, no, right. <laughs> um, then we have another Winnie the Pooh, which I never saw. I'm I not the biggest fan of Winnie the Pooh that. in general. My brother loves Winnie the Pooh. Like Winnie the Pooh is his favorite Disney character. Really? He loves Winnie the Pooh. I love the I ride. love Tigger. Tigger I can do, but I just like the other characters in that franchise just really annoy the fucking hell out of me. I heard me. a theory that they're like, all really... different mental illnesses. Listen. Yeah, apparently, like, that's all happening in Christopher... Obviously, it's happening in Christopher Robin's right. head, right? So that's, like, all of those things. Yeah, his emotions that are happening in his head. Okay, so we've got Eeyore's clearly depression. Yeah, I can't handle that. Like, same with, like, I can't handle characters like that in general. So, like, yeah. Chucky on the Rugrats, can't stand. Like, just push him in front of a bus already. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't if you're, do it. Can you have a babysitter, yeah. James is available. I am always available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you've got uh, Piglet, Anxiety. No, Piglet, yeah, Anxiety. Yeah. Uh, ADHD tigger. Uh, owl is it's just like ego. knowledge, ego, right? And then he rabbit right. is rabbit is like OCD. OCD. Like... Um, then you've got Kanga and Rue. I don't really I don't know, know. <laughs> um, but it's Good a mom. whole ass mess. Um, and then finishing out, well, at the time this list was printed, Wreck It Ralph. Which I thought was super cute. It's a cute. I wasn't it's, expecting yeah. to like it. Oh. It's enjoyable. It's something I can like put on in the background, and I'm like, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. And I think it. It serves its purpose. Well. It serves its purpose, and I think for kids, you know, I loved all. The I mean, I think Sarah Silverman like nods. is the perfect voice for her. Yes. Like such she perfect casting in that. Has she and the lady that play? Um, she plays Louise on Bob's Burgers. Their voices killed. Uh, you know Louise on Bob's Burgers. You know her voice if you heard it. Their voices, I just, I love them. Hers and Sarah Silverman's. I can't make her name. Well, I don't you, guys will find it. you guys will know. Um, but one to add to this, which another shout out to a performer from the other night, Haley, I don't want to ruin her last name. I think it's Arantia, but I may have totally fucked that up. She's on the Goldbergs. <laughs> she's going to come for Look you. Her up. Yeah. She's going to be like, first of all, uh, no, she's very, very sweet, but she sang songs. She has a great voice, very like, pop kind of country tone it's just so crystal clear she sang a song that i had never heard and i was like i love your song what's it from she said oh it's from a, a disney show or a disney movie that not a lot of people have seen it, i feel like it's called onward oh it's uh, if you have not seen this movie you I, have to watch it you have to be ready to cry i don't cry in movies but like it's about dad so like very close to my heart right so mm -hmm. um oh it's such a wonderful wonderful yeah. It is so great. I it's on the docket. Um, I was gonna watch it today, then I found out I have a visitor coming to town. And I'm like, I've, I've run out of time because I want to be by myself when I watch it. Same thing I felt when I watched Up. 
up came out not long after my up, dad but, had passed um, away and everyone was like don't watch that movie right now and same thing like, like i could okay. push that little kid off. i would just push the kid off the house oh my god i would just push him You're right like, off the house go. he's got to go he's got the whole to movie. go yeah so i'm i want to watch that in the quiet of my own emotional space and time and just watch that but um the song was beautiful so such great it's so such a great good stuff it really is yeah so i want to get caught up i vote that we take a little breaky break i want to come back and let's do a compare and contrast with some of the live action films that have been made of some of these classic disney films you've seen more of them than i have so i want to hear what my perspective yeah what to see and what to avoid stick around none of them <laughs> Welcome back, my little chickadees. Okay, we are going to deep dive into some of these live action Disney films. So I also want to touch on the television live performances. <laughs> some of these are live action films. Some of these are things that they've done in the park, um, like Aladdin they had in the park for a long, long time. Very successful. I thought it was really impressive. They took some of the puppetry from Lion King Broadway Lion King style. And it, yeah. I mean, when the huge elephant walks down the aisle, I went with a two-year-old. She looked like she was going to shit a brick. Not because she was scared, but like her little two-year-old brain couldn't fathom this elephant coming down the aisle. Next to me. Yeah, I mean, she was like, what is going on? Now they have Frozen. No, it's not there anymore, is it? No, Frozen closed on Broadway. Um, but it it's still touring. Oh, and at the high period, yeah. Yeah. Not coming back. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so I think the first live action Disney film that they did that comes to my mind is Cinderella. You know, we could do everything in this to get like throw in our Broadway shows. This is a great one. <gasps> Let's like, do it. And do it all. Let's so do if it. we go back to that, the first one would be Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, which first, I saw like, Broadway. in London. They I mean, added... I think like when they did it, I mean like it's what you expect from Disney on Broadway. Like 100%. 100% the spectacle, the, the show, the like transformation. everything was Disney. So great. I yes. mean, there's a reason it ran for what, like 13 years on Broadway. There's a reason why you can see it at every local community yes. theater. Yeah, it's very audience It's exactly friendly. what it's... you want from a Disney like live stage. Resort. And if you want to get kids excited about live theater, that's your, you don't take them to fucking Annie no, or shit like that. No. Take them to one of these. It's a story they already know. It's mostly music that they already well, know. And this one, and this one especially compared to almost any other show that they've released for Broadway, this one was geared towards the children. Yes, they added, you know, other songs to fill it out, and there's, like, the adult moments in it, but it was geared towards the children. Yes. Costuming, everything's geared towards the children. Yeah. Um, where their latter shows kind of gear a little bit more adult. They gear toward the folks that bought those tickets. Those tickets, yes. Let's be real. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like, paying that once Yeah, like, when Lion King came out, those tickets were stupid expensive. You know, I've still not seen The Lion King live, and... It's not worth it, but... Well, I've heard that it is worth it solely for the circle of life. The opening number. I if have you met... go to see it, you have to sit in the orchestra on the aisle. Like you have to get that experience. If you're sitting anywhere else, it's a very actual like boring show to watch. I have met the most stereotypical straight, buff, burly, redneck ass motherfucking men that are like, I wept like a baby yeah. in that opening number. Oh, it's stunning. People that the don't like comes theater. Up when, when then... No, I'm talking men that hate going to the theater that got dragged there by wives, girlfriends, or children. And they're like, I was done. I was done for. So if we can move the least theater friendly of hearts 
It's also very like. long. It's like two and a half, almost like 245. No, so for a child, it, it's quite a lot to sit through. And there's not enough like upbeat music in it, I think, to keep them going. No, like, you only you know, get like they only really know Akuna Matata, which ends the speaking. first which ends the first act, right? And then yeah, and then the entire second act is horrible like idea, honestly, to translate it. I mean like Wait. costuming was bad. It was just not needed. Like And they, they decided to then take it to television. We didn't need that either. At I'm least curious. that was a hybrid, right? Sure, so that was you know, they sure. played the movie, which is what they're, you know, doing again, coming up. Yeah, they're doing else. a live action of it with Haley, of Haley and Chloe, right? Yeah, so they're doing an actual movie, but they're doing their, their live thing on ABC again as well for another movie. Which one? I don't know if it's been announced. Oh, well, who? <laughs> All right. I, mean, I know what it is, but I don't, oh, you I don't know if it's been announced. Um, I, can't, I don't know if I can say anything. No, don't say, don't say, don't say. Um, um, let's see. We also had live on stage, uh, and nobody says Cinderella. The original was uh, Rogers and Hammerstein, so shut the fuck up. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Now, there has been, I believe it was Death West. It started, they tried to do it in Belgium. Didn't work that out. Then there was a Death production of it, which is beautiful, but and I love, I really do think it was Death West, but I love the way they combine, because Quasimodo is a Death actor. And he's got one of the gargoyles that sings um, out there. And I mean, not music. It was music. it was so greatly done. Um, but then the larger one was the joint one that Paper Mill did with Bohoya. So they did it at Paper Mill when they brought it to Bohoya, and that was the one with Michael Arden. I just stunning, feel like stunning score. And I, I, it's a shame because it was a beautiful production. It had so many cast members, and I think they looked at it budgetly and were like to transfer that to a Broadway stage to keep the to keep what people know from it would cost them so much it's money. It's a lot of villagers um, and a lot of voices. In it's because they used a lot of like local choirs yeah. when they were in, at Lovely or at Paper Mill. And so I think they just looked at it being like, you know, let's put this out there for people to do for regional theaters, which a lot of regional houses have done it. Take it there because it could have easily been up for a lot of things and oh, stood a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. They sent it out on a high note as opposed to a closing right. like, half an audience there. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's wasn't a carbon copy of the movie because they did incorporate more of the books. There were some more like darker elements in the stage adaptation. So I did appreciate that. And Ashley Brown was so great as Mary Poppins. Oh, um, amazing. And so, yeah, it was a great, I mean, yeah, it ran for like six or seven years, uh, which is a long for run. A Broadway yeah, for a Broadway show, show that's a very great. long yes. run. It so, I mean, you recoup your investment, toured, you did I mean, all it those did great. things. It did great. I never saw the Frozen musical on Broadway. I've seen The Quick Change because that's pretty cool. But um, I think I The Quick Change is like the only... I think the quick change is the only good thing about it. They use a lot of projections, um, Ew, and that just kind of like, bugs cheap. me. It, and it just felt a bit rushed because they wanted to be on top of the momentum of the movie. Cassie Levi can sing the shit out of that song. Yes, ma'am. She can yes, sing ma the shit out of that song. But yeah, I have like zero desire. Like I said earlier, I don't care for the movie too much. So I have zero desire to sit through a two and a half hour longer version. Um. Of it. Can we talk about, it's not a cartoon, but it's a Disney live action film, much like Mary Poppins, that went to the stage. Newsies. I loved Newsies. Um, it took both. them way too long. I love both of them. I love the movie. It took them way too long to translate it to stage. The set was amazing. It was just a fun adult show from them. You know, just yeah. to go and like, to go and see it. I mean, they have Capethe Jenkins in the original company. Um, oh, the you have Jeremy Jordan choreography. Like, yeah. The choreography when they're spinning on the ceiling fans. How I want to know yeah, how many little boys broke their parents' ceiling fans, <laughs> thinking that it would actually hold their well, weight. Do that. So yeah, I mean, like phenomenal, phenomenal. 
tenors just scrolling for Jesus. Yeah, I mean, what more did you ask for? <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, personally, one of my favorites of theirs is Aida, which is just an original. Like, so would love for that to come back. Would love for that to have a live action movie. Like, it blows my mind that they haven't. And it's right. one of the longest running shows in general. My, so the fact that they haven't suit, done more right? with it. The greatest suit. Um, oh, Elaborate lives, like it's uh, such, and I mean, like an amazing cast that originated. So. Yeah, Heather Headley. Yeah. Heather Headley. Headley. My friends got to see her in the uh, Into the Woods revival doodah that is happening at Lincoln Center, I think. Yeah. And I wanted to cry. Um, they made Mulan into a live action movie with no music. Uh, I didn't like that. I understand why, right? Because you're wanting to actually showcase the culture and the actual story of it right so they were leaning sure. more heavily into that but i think they removed too much of what people actually tuned in for yeah and enjoyed about it i think they could have snuck some things in they should have. um 100%. they went a little bit and should have kept some pieces of the original but i understand why they did what they did there was actually like justification behind what they did um so i'm not mad at them i just didn't enjoy it as much as the cartoon i am dying much like Almost anybody up here love, love, let's be real. You watch Hercules, the cartoon. Fuck Hercules. Fuck Meg. I'm here for Hades because he's hilarious. And I'm here and for the muses. Music. In fact, less of everybody else, more of the muses. Please. I want to know who they're casting. I just hope that they give it the, because it's doing paper mill as well. Okay. So I'm just Well, it did have hoping. a brief run in the park. It did do uh, the park. Before yeah. COVID, I right, think. Right before COVID. And um, people loved it. Well, of course they did. It's got the best music. It's got the best um, music. So I'm really hoping that they're not doing another Hunchback. And, you know, oh. creating this and then sending it off to regionals. Like, I'm really hoping that, you know, they put um, some weight behind it and actually take it from Paper Moon to, to New York. First of all, I will write it in the street. <laughs> Have you seen um, online somebody put the picture of all the muses in a row and then they put Who like they their, their cast and one of them was Lizzo for like the bigger oh, that would be um, muse. Perfect. And she literally responded and she was like, I'm ready. Done. And I was like, <laughs> <gasps> like I if they do, if they do if they do, <laughs> if they do a live action Hercules and they don't cast Lizzo with the big muse with her little fucking flute. Sasha Flute, I swear to God, <laughs> I will burn the studio to the ground myself. Do you hear me, Disney? I Watch need out. this to come to the stage immediately. But here's what I worry about. One of two things. Either they'll do a hunchback and they'll just spend forever, quote unquote, developing it and it'll get stuck in development hell and then they'll just ship off some shitty version of it like and like a junior version of it to local <laughs> theaters and every elementary school. Or... They'll try, to, they'll hear that people are excited and they'll try to put it up too quick and they won't think it all the way through. Well, I do know it's gone through quite a few development stages already. Oh. Um, so it's in a, it should be in a pretty solid, great place. Um, so I'm just hoping that they continue the journey after. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my God. You know what though? Here's the thing. They think it's going to be about the Hercules that they cast. It's going to be about the muses that they cast. Oh, that's all that people are going to hear about. That is, that is literally the only thing people will care about. Yeah. I don't care if you're Hercules <laughs> with your tall, skinny ass. I don't care. As long as those muses are correct, that's what I care about. I don't care about Well, I mean, it's one of those shows, like, the, 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 the secondary character is the most important thing, right? And that is, it is them. It is all the people are going to go see them sing. I mean, it's like you go to Wicked, like, to see her sing Defying Gravity. Yeah. 
and the wizard and I. Yeah. yeah, but it is all about that. And one to watch number. Glinda come down in a bubble. That's better. I wonder if it's worth that. <gasps> um, That's a little past. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty impressive when I saw it, though. Um, it is all about that moment, and so that show will be all about the music. And every, uh, I almost said, and every Adina is judged by that, and every alphabet is judged, is judged by, by her how performance of it is. That is all people care about. Yeah, she could be horrible at everything else, but if she nails that song. Booked and blessed. Booked and blessed, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, for the Danny DeVito character, whose name escapes me, the little like. Oh, Phil. Phil, who do you think? I would normally say Josh Gad would be hilarious, not probably just too big. You need somebody who's uh, more diminutive, I would say. I think Nathan Lane would be great in it. No. <laughs> and I don't know if he would come and do it, but I think Nathan Lane would be so good in that. You know who else I would love to Danny see? Danny might even come do it. I was gonna say Danny DeVito. <laughs> what if I'm not? Yeah. He does. But I think it needs to be like, I think that's a great role where you could have like an established name kind of ground the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just really hope they don't try to stunt cast it except for a couple, like I think Lizzo would be great. But I think this is one of those moments where you Lizzo, can really like. Lizzo, how do you feel really about 23, like... 23 a week, girl? <laughs> I think this is one of you those things where you could really like culture. open up <laughs> your casting and like look for new people. Oh, well, uh, okay. Well, you don't need a name for this show. You do not. I think they would be wise to do a breakout star for Hercules. Yes. I think that you could do a present but up and comer for Meg. I think you anchor it with a solid fill and, a solid and or a solid Hades. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Page, hello. Okay. I mean, great. he does every villain anyway. He did Scar. He did um, right. what's his name, Hunchback. Like. He was uh, the Green Goblin. Like, the, the he is, guy. like, yeah, yeah. The, the Broadway villain. Yes. So it's kind of an obvious choice, but... But, who would you put in for the... It's four muses, right? The four muses. Um, I would love for Cynthia to come be back. I think Lizzo would be great. I want to throw I think LaShawn's would be amazing. Amazing. Um, I want to throw out, even though... But she's she's currently doing 80s talent, but Lilia's wife. Yes. That she was be, one of the original muses. Great. I would live for that. I just need someone that is going to wail... Any of the ladies I need that my did the rent kind of... seasons of love. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. for me right now. That that's what I want. That, that is that all I right need. Or someone from like because if they're not, frankly, can bring like in you could any have the most beautiful movie. show, and everyone else could be amazing. And if they're not, then that people is are gonna all be like, gonna this be, yes, show was shit. shit. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So Broadway gods it be. You've heard what we have to say. Make it happen. We're the ticket buyers, so just listen to what we have to say. Um, Shoemaker, make it happen. We, yes. We have a little time left. Let's go through and pick out, I think, the best songs from each of these eras. So we've got um, The Golden Age. We can choose from anything in Snow White, Pinocchio. I mean, I think Baby Mine kind of takes this this era. Like this, Baby Mine. Yeah. Baby Mine for the sentimentality of it. Um, but for the history of the studio, I would have to when you wish upon a star. Oh, from Pinocchio. That's what yeah. he had to sell. That's what he had to sell. He had to sell that to save the studio, the studio. from going under. That's the one. So. I think it's one. probably the one that most people know as well, that or Hi-Ho from Snow White. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Baby Mine and for the sentimentality. And then I would say uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. For the studio. It's the same studio. Yeah. You can skip the next one because I don't know any music from this next era. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> She's going to tell us. I'm going to tell you that it's the right. Golden Harp song, um, <laughs> Making the Beanstalk from Fun and Fancy Free. Or honestly, Ichabod Crane. That's a cute song. Then we have the Silver Age. We can choose from anything in Cinderella. 
Alice in Wonderland, no. Peter Pan, no. They need a tramp. I do like, he's a tramp. He's a scoundrel. Peggy Lee, um, Sleeping Beauty. I think Cinderella's going to take the cake in this yeah. one. Um, um, so this is love. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think. 101 Dalmatians, though. Cruella Cruella I mean, that's going to be my favorite. Oh. Um, I don't want to leave out, though. Um, what else is Louis in Louis Prima from Jungle Book. Oh, I mean, like, Jungle Book uh, probably has, like, the most... The, I want to like, be like you. That and Bare Necessities. Yeah. Because what else is Sword in the Stones in this one, too? See, so, yeah, there's, like, one um, song where they're, like, cleaning it. Nothing sticks out really. Mad Madam has a song. Oh, that's right. Um, He's like, Justice for Mad <laughs> And then um, Sleeping Beauty had. So do I. My... No, no, that's. Um, um, uh, I was just singing yesterday. Oh um, um, I know you. I walked with you yes. once upon a tree. Okay, uh, the flop era. <laughs> so we've got Aristocats. Uh, everybody wants to be everybody a cat. Everybody wants to be a cat is what everyone's going to be. Yeah. Robin Hood. Uh, oh, Lolly, oh, Lolly, yeah. Winnie the Pooh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. No. Winnie the Pooh. The rescuer's Penny. The little girl Penny has that. Oh, she has that so sad song. That's right, she does. That's she another movie with like phenomenal. Find her. Fox and the Hound. I can't remember, but there is us. Oh no, it's that one. Um, oh, keep talking about the other yeah. ones. Yeah, um, Black Cauldron, Dead in the Water. Don't even care. Great Mouse Detective. There's one song in there that I love, and it's called "Let Me Be Good to You." I'm going to put it in my book. If any of you bitches show up at the fucking audition line and I hear you sing that song, I'm going to know that A, you listen to the show. Thank you. Subscribe. Goodbye may seem forever is like the super sad one. And oh, best of friends from God, the, best of friends. Yeah. That's but goodbye friends. may seem forever is like the super sad one. Um, so great mouse perspective has, let me be good to you again. I'm putting it in my book. If any of you come to listening or seeing that song at an audition, I'm going to know that you sold for me and I'm going to murder you. Um, there's also a Rattigan, over Rattigan, which I love. Oliver and Company, you don't get any better than Watch It Away. I love Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. Streets of Gold. Streets of Gold. That's what it is. Yes. yes. Um, and Beth Midler as like a prize pool singing uh, Perfect and Easy or something like that. Come on. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. The Renaissance. It's like the impossible one to pick. Okay. Know. I'll let you pick one favorite from each. Thank you. Okay. So Aladdin. Friend like me. Yeah, probably that. Hunchback Notre Dame. This is hard. I love Out There. Um, the musical, though, has Made of Stone, which I think might be a little bit in the movie. Um, God, just a God Help the Outcast. I know. And then she sings Someday in the musical as well, and it's so oh. pretty because she dies um, in the musical. Spoiler I really word. love Topsy Turvy and Bells of Notre Dame. Yeah. Only because... Yeah, this one, like, through and through is great. The, the tenor really part at the end, literally, <laughs> when he, at the Are end, he's like, in the bells, 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 Like, he's in the fucking stratosphere. Yeah. Out of control. Tarzan. You'll be in my heart. Yeah. No, what's the oh, other one? No. The upbeat one. Oh, yeah, there's You'll Be In My Heart, and then there's, um, fucking hell, man. I'll go with You'll Be In My Heart. Okay, okay. It'll come to me. Uh, Rescue's Down Under, I don't remember I don't the remember the music in that because it's also oh, not that good. It's not that good. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'll let you choose from the stage or the uh, cartoon. I mean, like, Beauty and the Beast without Angela doubt, Lansbury. Is, yeah, is Stop nothing it. compared. Like, every, there, this one has, obviously, the rest of these all have amazing music in them, but that's the one that will always be like the quintessential. The quintessential. Yeah. Lion King. I'm going to say uh, I just can't wait to be king. Just because it's 
I mean, I like Circle of Life. It is like it is pretty epic. Yeah, Little Mermaid. Um, I'm gonna go with um, Kiss the Girl. Oh, that's a cute yeah. one. I like Kiss the Girl. I'm purely for nostalgic reasons gonna go with Part of Your Part World, of your world because you pretended to be her. Yeah, because if you were a girl <laughs> that like jumped out of the pool like that, and I don't know if you were uh, Hercules. Zero to oh, hero. God. I mean, um, Pocahontas. I like Colors of the Wind. Yeah, I was gonna say Colors of the I Wind. Just run the ribbon is great too, but I like Mulan. Ah, uh, see, this is hard for me because I really love I'll Make a Man Out of You. I know. Um, but I also love the other songs they sing when they're traveling, when they're going off to war. Oh, um, I cannot think of the title, but I know what you I mean. I really like that song too. I like. I gotta go with the Christina Aguilera reflection. You know, I heard that when I was younger and was like, mm, "You hear that lady so long as she doesn't like you." Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, I like yours. I like your version, Lance Longer. Oh, well, okay. it is beautiful. Honestly, Lance <laughs> Long was like come the queen of Disney for a while. Yeah, she did there. Jasmine as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Emperor's New Group. Um. Does that have music in it? I feel like it has a couple songs. It, for it sure has, has his like opening hit. number, yeah. like his like opening thing. I think it's like really the only kind of song in mm. it though. Yeah, this is when they were kind of deviating. Yeah, they didn't really do music in the Yeah, years. which was a big mistake. Come on the Range trash, don't even talk about it. Bolt, I can't remember there being a song. Brother Bear. Oh my God, what is the song that they sing in there? There's um, there's On My Way, which is great, and um, Welcome. Welcome to our family. Aww. Okay, Chicken Little, don't okay, know. Yeah. Dinosaur, don't know. Fantasia. I still stand by both your old original one and the 2000. It's about night on Bald Mountain. Look it up. It's dope. Um, Lilo and Stitch. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Oh, cute. Okay. Atlantis? No, no, I didn't see it. Meet the Robinsons. The Frank Sinatra Frog. He has a whole number. I can't remember. But it's oh, he does. Yeah, like the dinner. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Treasure Planet? Don't know. Uh, you know what? I forgot. It's not listed here, but it just came to my mind. In this revival era, which is 2010 to present, we have also Brave. Oh, yeah. She is. Living for the Scottish story. Living, living, having been over there, obsessed. Um, Think for a six, no music that I can recall. No. Frozen. I Do you like. Want to build a snowman? No. no. Um, the one that's after that. Um, where they're grown. Where they're out of the castle. Where they're like yeah, Coronation yeah. Day, one whatever that yeah, yeah. We also have Princess and the Frog. I Almost like, there. no, no. Um, gosh, the my brain. The song is so creepy. Mama Udi's song. <gasps> yes! Dig we a did little, it for dig, Lewis. Dig a little deeper. Yes! Yeah. Tangled, I've got to go with... Brave was actually a Pixar movie. No! Yeah, that's okay. how you want it. I was like, I'm not going to say that loud and be wrong, but I'm 99% sure it is. It is a okay. Pixar movie, yeah. Tangled, I've got to go with... I have two. Um, I can see the light. I just think it's a very special That's song. That's the only song I really know from that. And Mother, and knows, mother knows Best. Mother Knows Best. Yeah, Mother Knows Best. Donna Murphy as her mom. Yeah. Shut up. Um, Winnie the Pooh, no one knows, no one cares. Wreck-It Ralph, no one knows, no one cares. Frozen 2, um, I don't care. Into the Unknown. Listen, if you listen to the Panic at the Disco version Ugh. of that, his voice is so None of the music in that second movie is good. None of it. It is so rushed. All of it is no, so rushed. No, You know which one is really good? The Olaf song where he talks about being older and wiser. Yes, that one's Because it's fine. just a disaster just of hilarity. A, yes. Yeah, I love but it. I feel like that entire second movie was clearly super rushed. Well, that's pretty much everything. I feel like we did a very thorough, thorough coverage, coverage of the Disney animated history here today, James. I appreciate your we didn't info. We even get to the parks. 
I know. Well, we can do another one. If you guys want to hear another one, we're going to cover, we can cover car parks, rides, both ones that are here and ones that are gone, because I still just people movers <laughs> and dumbasses that have fallen out of them. We'd still be on them. The monorail that used to go through the whole fucking the park and part, doesn't yeah. anymore. I can't. Don't even get me started. So we'll come back and do another one. Thank you so much for braving the heat to come and record with me. Um, you can find me at Feral Latchkey Kid on Instagram, as well as my personal account at the Allison All Wine. James, do you want them to find you? No, he's a mystery. He's fully, an enigma. Fully private on there. Fully private. Fully so if you want to get information about James, you got to go through me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Thank you so much.